What's up, everybody? This is a nasty walk, Daddy Sports and Spaghetti. It's going to be Daddy's fired up today. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a quick one today, boys. Uh, and and my cousin Deb, I guess. I don't know how many ladies are listening, but boys and Deb. <laughs> you no, know, I heard. I, I I know that the mouse, my mouse, doesn't listen to this. You know, I have to get her on the on the podcast uh, bandwagon. But she doesn't have much time to listen. She's very busy. Everybody has time. You got to drive. Very, no, places. no, no. She's very busy with work, with the baby. Very busy. Yeah, she doesn't have time to listen to the pod. So we give her a pass. Okay, okay. Pass for the mouse. Pass for the mouse. But regardless, we were in Walk Daddy's kitchen. So, uh, Chris, why don't you take it away? The best thing about the mouse is that she likes one of my favorite dishes that I make. And it's honey lime chicken. And it's it's really easy to make, but I gotta tell you, Ann, it's a crowd pleaser. It's a stunner, <laughs> I might I might add, uh, if I may. Um, it's it's very simplistic in nature. Now you can have it with rice or with pasta. Uh, you can do rice or pasta, but I do pasta all the time. Uh, I do pasta because the mouse likes pasta. So what I do is I, I boil the water and then I put pasta in and I take it out and then that's the end of the pasta. Then the, then the real honey lime chicken starts. In case you didn't know how to make a box of pasta, that was how. Salt the water too. The it, chick- should, it should be as salty as seawater. Go ahead. Yes, it should be salty like seawater. I always skimp on the salt, but that's because my Grammy always skimped on the salt and I developed that palate. So anyway, the honey lime portion of the of the of the dish. So, I always use the chicken breast tenderloins. You could use any kind of chicken. They suggest thighs in the recipe that I started making years ago. I sound old, uh, but it was really only like four years ago. They suggest thighs. I use the breast tenderloins. The mouse likes the tenderloins. I like the tenderloins. So Who doesn't like them. a tender breast? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. The tenderloins. Yes. <laughs> right. Indeed. Hey, nasty. <laughs> oh, no. Not today. <laughs> We're very silly today. Um, so, anyway, I take the, uh, the tenderloins and I put them in a bowl, like a shallow dish, and I season them with the following. Salt. Pepper, write this down. I'll start over. Salt, pepper, chili powder, papicria, cumin, garlic powder, and a little bit of ground ginger. And then I rub that into the chicken. I'm going to make you laugh all day today. I'm in a, in a mood today. And then I flip over the chicken breasts. And I do the same thing. I'm going to say it one more time because I know somebody's going to want to make this at home. <laughs> if you're listening to Mirsky, make this for your wife and kids at home. Salt, pepper, chili powder, papicria, cumin, garlic powder, and ground ginger. Do not go too heavy on the ginger. If you go too heavy on the ginger, Anthony, what happens? Nobody likes heavy gingers. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, ginger is overwhelming. It'll taste like Christmas cookies, and it, we don't want that. Yeah, it'll taste, it'll taste like a gingerbread house. And uh, 
We want to make honey lime chicken. <laughs> this is not a this is not a December meal. We don't need any gingerbread pollo today. No, no, or no tomorrow. No, or or the next uh, <laughs> six months for that matter. So anyway, that's the seasoning. I cook that in a little olive oil until it's until it's done. It gives off such a nice aroma when it's cooking because of all those spices. Uh, and and I know it sounds very. Um, uh, um, Latin, very uh, Mexican, Spanish cuisine uh, with all the spices I use, but the ginger uh, and what I'm about to tell you with the marinade or with the sauce, I should say, um, is going to change what you think of it. So it's that paired with the sauce that really makes it go well together. The color on it's real nice too when it cooks. But then you do the sauce while the chicken's cooking because the sauce only takes a couple minutes to whip up. So you take honey. You take, uh, I love cooking with honey. You take a bunch of honey, like a third of a cup, it says, I usually put more because I like a lot of honey. So I put the honey in the bowl. I put about three, four tablespoons of soy sauce in the bowl. I take the juice of one and a half juicy limes and I squeeze them freshly with my hand, with my clean uh, washed hand into the bowl. Now, the reason why I say full juicy limes is because... The other day, making this, right, we encountered a very dry lime. Now, I never would blame my daughter, Sabrina, for anything, but she picked the limes out at the store. And so when I went to squeeze the lime, Mr. Panthony, I got like three drops of lime. So I had to use two and a half limes because that lime was uh, was not a good lime. It was not a, ro- was not a robust citrus. No, it was a very weak, uh, very weak <laughs> citrus. <laughs> Uh, it, it had dried, it had but dried up. Uh, and so anyway, the lime, and then I, and then I, uh, I chop up uh, one, one whole clove of garlic, a good size clove. If you have small ones, do two. If you like more garlic, do two big ones. I do one because the mouse doesn't like anything spicy. And apparently garlic is spicy in her parts of the world. Um, Yeehaw. <laughs> over there, over yonder. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad today. I'm so bad today. Let's just say there was not a lot of garlic on January 6th. There was not. <laughs> Chris fell down. Oh, no. Oh, no. There was not a clove of garlic to be found on that fateful day. As I watched from my living room. It's a flavorless insurrection. Oh, 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 no, I can't say anything else about it now. Um, but anyway, so that's the, the marinade. And so it's the honey, the soy sauce, the fresh lime juice. Please don't use a bottle of lime juice. It's not the same. It's not the same. Ever. I will always buy the fresh limes. They're not even that expensive, like 59 cents a lime. If I can afford it, then you can. Um... And then the fresh garlic. And the freshness of the lime juice and the garlic together, again, it sounds very Latin, but you have the soy sauce and the honey, which take it in a different direction. And that's where you get the honey lime part of the chicken. So after the chicken's done cooking, what I do is I take the chicken out. I put it onto a plate for a few minutes to just while I do the sauce in the same pan. Scrape up the fond. Uh, there's no deglazing, but I pour the whole mixture and I mix it in a bowl and pour it in. 
I let it bubble up for like a minute, just so it kind of cooks off like the acidity of the soy, mixes everything nice together, the bubble, you know, the boiling process and everything. And then I put the chicken back in, and then here's what I do that makes the difference. I don't leave the pieces of chicken whole, because I found that when I was making this dish early on, Anthony, what I would do is I'd leave the chicken whole, and then the middle of the, the chicken breast tenderloins was still just white and there was no there was no flavor really and it kind of almost was drying it out. So what I do is I take the tongs and a fork and I kind of shred the chicken a little bit. Not super fine, but I shred it apart. It's very tender at that time. Into the sauce. So, and then I toss it in the sauce with the heat off to coat everything. And then it's a glaze. And it's pieces of chicken. It's not whole tenderloins. So everything gets seasoned really nice, and then you, again you can do rice or pasta. I do pasta. Now, how do you dress? <clears throat> how do you dress the pasta? You just leave it as is, or do you no. make extra sauce I for put the, the pasta? pasta? I put the, I always make a lot of mm -hmm. sauce. I put the pasta down, or sometimes, and I put the chicken and the sauce on top. But usually, what I do is I take about if I cook the whole box of pasta, Aunt. What I do is I take about eight or ten ounces, so a little more than half or half of it. And I put it into the skillet and I mix it and I mix it while it's still really hot. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening, and if you have it as a leftover, you'll see the sauce fully coats and the seasoning fully coats the pasta. I do shells a lot with it because it coats nicely with the grooves in the shells. And so that, that makes it really easy uh, to keep the flavor as a leftover. But I just think it... Uh, doing it in the skillet with it it likes to mix everything together um and that's honey lime chicken it's so good no no it's sounds... nothing to it there's nothing to it i don't even make a vegetable i don't even make something else on the side of it. it's fantastic and uh it's a go-to of the mouse and uh and that's what it was all about uh this weekend and uh and yeah, yeah. I love would it. you would you consider it a healthy dish yeah so I always use the one the one thing about it is there's the soy sauce. And soy sauce can be unhealthy, but I always use the low sodium uh, soy sauce. To be honest with you, most recipes call for low sodium soy yeah. sauce that I see. Um, I mean a teaspoon or a tablespoon of regular soy sauce is almost a thousand milligrams of sodium. That's a lot. You put three tablespoons in there, boom, your dish is like loaded with salt. As opposed to the reduced sodium, where it's only about four hundred something, it's considerably less. Yeah, that the sodium would be the only thing that could that could jeopardize the healthiness of it, but it's not unhealthy, especially if you have it with white or brown rice. Yeah, no, that, was, that would make it even better. Yeah, see, see, I just asked if it was a health food because you know you do have to, especially with the soy sauce, you have to watch the blood pressure. And speaking of blood pressure, uh, the goddamn Yankees. We'll get, to you we'll get to you after this. Welcome back to the Sports and Spaghetti Podcast. It's the first time I'm going to announce it. Huh. It's the first time I've ever come in to a segment with the Reigns. I'm in rare form today, and guess what? It's time to buckle up, okay? It's time to buckle up. A Nasty Anthony has something to say. Let me cue you up. The Yankees are 15 and 14 to start the season. That is not okay. The next voice you hear will be Anthony. Buckle up. So, not okay. It's a nice way to put it. 
This is, I don't want to see, we've been so good with not swearing, and I'm going to keep it that way. This is absolutely atrocious. This is not New York Yankees baseball. Actually, let me strike that, strike that from the record, Chris Walker. Oh, he's mad. This is exactly New York Yankees baseball because Brian Cashman still has the reins, and he still has the keys to the Ferrari. There might be swearing! (laughs) To the Ferrari. Still has keys to the Ferrari. Now, the Yankees. They are one game over 500. They are last in the AL East. Below Boston, who I absolutely took a dump on, okay? I took a dump on them before, and they are outperforming the Yankees. And everybody we've dumped on. Now, yes, correct, correct. Now, the issue with the Yankees is nothing is getting, nothing is being changed, okay? Nothing. Absolutely nothing, right? Let's look at, let's look at some stats. Let's dive in. Aaron Judge, IL. Hurt his hip is shot. I guess. I guess he's Alex Rodriguez 2.0, batting 261, which six is home not runs. to his standards. It's, no, no, 261, six home runs, 14 RBIs, 35 strikeouts to 14 walks. Mm-hmm. Abysmal. Aaron Judge, step it up. We gave you a lot of money. Next on the team, we'll go Anthony Rizzo. Right, Anthony Rizzo. We love Rizzo. He is carrying this team right now, batting 282, five home runs, 13 RBIs, 26 strikeouts, 10 walks. He's a strikeout guy, though. Yes, yes. I'm, a, I'm carrying Ant- like you Ant- said. Anthony Rizzo. You are carrying this team right now. Now let's let's dive in, okay? Let's <laughs> let's dive in a little deeper here. Kyle Higashioka. Oh boy. Our backup catcher. One ninety-five, two walks, fifteen strikeouts, two home runs. He has eight hits. Two of them are home runs. Okay. Let's go, Jose Trevino. You might think, ah. Oh, Jose Trevino, so much better. Won a platinum glove. 237. Nine strikeouts, two walks. Strikeout numbers look good, but he's not getting on base. Anthony Volpe, you're a darling, but you're not safe, Anthony. You're not today. Um, 217, 16 walks, 31 strikeouts. Dude, it strikes out at least once again. It's not ideal, Anthony. It's not It's not ideal. Right? Oswaldo Cabrera, we had high, high hopes High hope, like panic, at the, like panic at the disco, okay? Panic in left field, Oswaldo Cabrera. <laughs> batting 200, 19 strikeouts, four walks. Four walks, okay? It just, it doesn't get any better. Hey, Chris, do you know who our cleanup hitter was when we got absolutely destroyed by Texas and, and, and Jacob deGrom? Uh, it was Willie Calhoun, in case you didn't know that, who's batting 237. Doesn't sound too abysmal. Eight strikeouts, two walks. New York Yankees, what in God's name are you doing? I mean, look at this lineup, especially it's, the one they put out on it's, Sunday it's, night. It's pathetic. It's it's. I understand injuries happen, but much to much to the chagrin, right, of of people that love to hate on the love to hate on the Yankees. Is it? Are they slumping, or is it just who they are? Well, right now it's who they are, Ant. I'm telling you right now. Okay, a fifteen to two loss like the one the other day. Uh, it was atrocious. Uh, atrocious. Yeah, I, right. It's as bad as bad as it gets. Again, Nestor Cortez has been great this year. He had a he had a rough outing. He did. He had a bad outing. Seven runs, not good. Okay, so what? It's not Nestor Cortez's fault. This team is not playing well. This is the New York Yankees, who we touted as should be winning the division. Fairly easily, and they're middling. They're, re- you know, I it panics me to say this, but 
but I and I don't use this comparison very lightly at all, and you know this. They really look similar, if you want to talk hockey terms, to the New York Islanders. Yeah. And it's very scary because the Yankees are supposed to be my good team. And and it's just one step forward, one step back. One step forward, one step back. They've they're five hundred baseball team through thirty games. It's May. It's not the first two weeks and they're five hundred. They played thirty games, dude. Almost. The, is, games. the issue here, from what I've seen, is it, it, it's the front it's the front office's Excuse problem. Excuse my allergies, by the way. It's the, it's the front office's problem because we've gone through how many off seasons of oh look, Manny Machado's a free agent, Freddie Freeman's a free agent, um, Paul Goldschmidt on the trade block, Nolan Arenado on the trade block, uh, Trey Turner free agent. All these guys are free agents, and it's no. I think I'm going to stick with DJ Lemayhew. No, Glaber Glaber's still top prospect. He'll he'll pan out. Don't worry about that. Oh, we have Donaldson. Oh, his bat. Listen, his bat might be a little slower, but he changed his batting stance. He's going to be great. It's 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 unbelievable. It is unbelievable that we keep doing the same thing over. Chris, what is the definition of insanity? When you do the same thing over and over and expect different results. It's the, how I live my life. I can't. I, <laughs> I can't. There. Okay. Not only my my biggest issue, right? Not only are the Yankees they're bad right now. Let's. We're not going to say middling. They are bad. They are no, striking out. Is middling. They're a bad team. They are striking out a lot. Everybody is hurt. Those are excuses. Okay. The, the injuries are excuses. Everybody gets hurt. Yankees went on one of the best runs of all time. They should have won the World Series with one of the most injury-ridden teams I've ever seen in my life. Okay. And we want to talk about injuries. Look at look at the Rays at twenty and five. Yeah. They're not. They're not a super team. No. They're. Do you want to talk about teams we could look at with injuries? Let's look at. I'll take. I'll take credit for this. The my darling Pittsburgh Pirates. They have the best record in the National League. They have. Let me repeat that. Bob Nutting's Pittsburgh Pirates have the best record in the National League. They do not have their star shortstop O'Neill Cruz. They are they are a ragtag bunch of pirates at this point. Oh, Pun intended. Pun intended. Oh. And they, right, these teams are finding ways to win. This lineup for the Yankees is not should not be bad. This bad. No, I know they're not. I know Stanton's out. I know Judge is out. I know I know they've got injuries. They've got pitching injuries. They've got other injuries. Volpe is figuring it out. I know you said he's not safe today. He's play he he's fine. Right? He's figuring it out. He's hitting over 300 in his last 10 games. I'm fine with him. But you can't rely on Stanton and, and Judge to get all your hits. Anthony Rizzo hitting 282 is not good enough. To be your leader, Anthony Rizzo is, but 282 for that team? It's it's on un- the biggest payroll by a million miles? It's third. It's third right now. So it's it's behind they the They have the most money to spend the, though. Exactly. It's behind the Padres and the Mets. But though I mean those two teams are middling as well. But the issue with the Yankees, right, is the the front office is not like I said before, it's not. We're past the part of is this a slump or are they just bad? It's a three year slump, okay? Right. Okay, listen, I love Glaber Torres. Glaber, you're batting 245, five stolen bases. You've been caught four times, but that 
We won't talk about that. You have more walks than strikeouts, which is good. You have four home runs, 10 RBIs. You, you, you know, extra base hits are good. OPS is good. Your slugging's decent. 245. Mid. But you're, you're a bright spot, okay? This is We've gone on three years of his Glaber good, or is he just slumping? We've we've gone on. This is what our fourth season of. Does Lemayhu still have it or is he slumping? He went out. He won a batting title. Whoopee! He's batting two fifty this year. Right. Twenty eight strikeouts to eight walks. He's your table setter. What like what problem. are we doing? Here's the problem with the Yankees and and teams all over sports have this, but this is what they've fallen into with this this uh, front office, uh, right down to the manager. The problem is, you you said it. They've been waiting for four years to figure out Glaber. They've been waiting four years to figure out LeMahieu. What happens is that four years have gone by. I'm not talking about Glaber so much. This is more for LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu is not the youngest guy. He's now four years older than he was when the Yankees picked him up. Okay? Even Glaber Torres. This guy has gone... Four seasons is enough time. I don't care what sport. Four seasons is enough time to say... Should we keep him? Should we dump him? I absolutely agree. And the issue, the issue with the Yankees is, I've said this countless times on and off the podcast, Brian Cashman is not okay with winning. He is only focused on winning his way. He does not want to be proven wrong. He does not want to be proven that the guy he tried to buy low, that has a high upside like Aaron Hicks, like... Josh Donaldson, like Willie Calhoun, like IKF, all of these guys, he doesn't want to admit, hmm, maybe it didn't really pan out. Okay, you're the New York Yankees. You can go out and you can make a super team. If San Diego can make a super team, you are the New York Yankees. You can do it. The Yankees still, as middling as they are, are the number one team in attendance in the American League, number three total in the league. So people are still coming out to watch your absolute dog feces product that you're putting on the field okay and they're about running down there for an hour tomorrow myself and it's not and it's not cheap we know it's not cheap to go to these games but guess what you still have people come out you still have people buying beer you still have people buying concessions still eating the lobster tails (laughs) and the crab the just do just it's something needs to be done and it needs to be done fast because Knowing the New York Yankees, this is something that can spiral. We've only talked about hitting, okay? Hmm. Pitching, Garrett Cole, you oh, there's a cross on my neck. It Doesn't should be apply. a G it should be a GC. Garrett Cole, you are the only bright spot. You are safe today. And continued apologies for me saying I didn't trust you early in the season. You are safe today. Nestor, we love you. You had a bad game. You're three and two with a four nine one ERA. Four you know, ERA doesn't mean a lot, but You've given up three home runs on the season. That's it's a lot for you. It's a lot for it's a lot for Nestor. But then we have the biggest, the biggest dog, the biggest popcorn fart of a three four five pitching rotation I have ever seen in my life. Domingo Herman is two and two with a five five four ERA. That good. is not good. Clark Schmidt. You are 0-3 with a 6-8-4 ERA. When we were at the Yankee game two weeks ago, Clark Schmidt gave up two runs in the first inning and his ERA went down. Went <laughs> down. Okay? It went down. Clark. That was one of his better outings of the season. You're, you're good in the bullpen, but you're giving he has given up him and Domingo have given up seven home runs each this year. It doesn't sound bad until you realize it's May 1st. He is more. That was one month. He has six games, seven home runs given up. 
Domingo Herman, five games pitched, seven home runs given up. This is more than one home run per game. Yes. That is terrible. And then let's, I mean, the best DRA on the team right now is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa because we're getting blown out at our center fielder. Center fielder with quotes had to pitch. But it's not even like, who are, who are the guys we could lean on in the bullpen, right? Oh, Mike King, great. 172 ERA. He had that little uh, bit of a hiccup when he blew a save, right? David Robertson? Clay Holmes, 372 ERA. Again, again, Clay, are you slumping or are you just not good? Mariano Rivera. I'm just going to name good pitchers. Albert, Albert Abreu, you are, there's no need for you to be on this team, Albert. I'm sorry, 5-4 ERA. Johnny Brito, he had a great spring training, a great first two starts, pitching to a 5-5-6 ERA. Yeah, Brito, I, I was really excited about Brito. Uh, especially, like you said, after his first two outings. I was like, oh, man, this is a guy that's going to be kind of like a Nestor Cortez this year. It's going to be like, all right, maybe didn't expect him to break out this season as much as he is. He's come right back. Over five ERA is not good. A four ERA is okay. I know Nestor had the one bad outing. It's still early in the season. He only gave up seven of the 15 runs they gave up in that loss, though. If you think about that, he gave up less than half. The runs. I mean, you can talk. You can talk about it here, right? Chris Clark's batting average against. Just guess. Well, it's got to be in the high twos. Threes. Three twenty-one batting average against. Oh God. So. Clark Schmidt. So the average hitter against him is leading the league in in, in batting average. Pretty much. Unless, well, right your is, unless your name is Luis Arias, who's on a different planet, which, right. oh, guess what? He was available, but the Yankees said, no, thank you. So you're a perennial all-star if you're heading against him, no matter who you are. No right matter now. who you are, yes. Correct. Correct. Uh, but Ron Marinaccio, you're a bright spot, too. Five. Two, three, no, one, ERA, no you're doing great. Um, it's just, there's, there's, it's just, it's... T- Mike Messina. <laughs> Oh, but just the Yankees. And then I have another thing that I want to talk about, too. It's it's about former Yankees now doing well. Oh. So so my issue... We had this feature earlier. My that. issue is, again, I think I'm going to have to say it goes to the fans because the whole can't play in New York thing, that's a, that's a, that is a fan-created problem. I will never, ever, ever cease to say that. It is a fan-created problem. You are the problem here. Uh, let the media be media. Let them do media the things. Problem. But yes, fans criticizing are the problem. No, it's not us, right? Right, not specifically. It is, it is the I. people. It is the people at the game booing Aaron Hicks. I get it. He's not performing well, but you're making the environment so unwanting that they're not going to perform well. So let's just do a quick whip around. Now this this is just just from the ESPN. No free shoutouts. The ESPN league leaders page. Okay. Batting average, league leaders. Does the name Tyro Estrada sound familiar? Because he's batting 346 for the Giants. Great. Giants. For the Giants. Great. Uh, does the name Sonny Gray sound familiar to you? This, I love, and we love Sonny. Because Sonny Gray has an ERA under 1.77. He pitched to a 4 ERA with the Yankees. That's right. That's better than Garrett Cole. Better than Garrett Cole, who is playing great. Let's talk. Let's talk more batting average because we like batting average. Okay, uh, let me get the stats here. I'm pulling up actual stats for this rant because that's how angry I am. Okay, huh. <laughs> let's 
Let's go. Let's let's just look, right? Um, who do we have He's here? He's breaking the action. Geo <laughs> Gio Urshela batting two ninety nine. Um, who Gio, else do we, we have? Gio. We we do we did see Gio. We love Gio too. Um, see now, somebody like Gio Urshela batting two ninety nine for the Angels is fantastic with the talent they have with Mike Trout. With Shohei Otani also hitting him hitting two ninety nine as not an expected two ninety nine hitter. That is beautiful. He's hitting. He's batting better than any Yankee. Yeah, yeah. Now let's 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 talk let's talk Yankees that we let get away. Andrew Benintendi. I don't know. I can't even form. He couldn't a, even. Speak I couldn't a even word. form a sentence. Why he played like six games for the Yankees before he broke his hamate and his wrist. It happens. We get it. Why was he not re-signed? He is on the worst team in the league right now, the Chicago White Sox. They can't uh, buy... They, I mean, they just won last night, but they cannot buy a win. They were the nine straight losses four. before that. Andrew Benatendi still hitting 281. That's... I mean, that is good for second on the Yankees behind Rizzo at 282! It's just... It's, it's unbelievable to me. Jorge Mateo, I know he's up there in batting average... Uh, I mean, he's batting well. He was a part of that sunny, sunny grade trade. Um, it's just, it's just making me. It's just so, it's so upsetting because there's all these players, and they're just. Can we not? Can we not evaluate talent? Is that the issue? Uh, the problem I have with the Yankees farm system, and this is my favorite take of all time. The core four is never going to happen again. Okay. The core four, not even core four, five, if you add in Bernie Williams. That is never going to happen again. The chances of five prospects panning out to be Hall of Famers is never going to happen again for any team, okay? Every single Yankee fan I know, no matter the prospect, no matter the grade, myself included, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to take myself out of this. They don't want them to. They don't want the Yankees to call prospects up if they're not going to be elite. We're always looking for the next Jeter. We're always looking for the next Pettit. We're always. Why can't we just look for the next Stephen Kwan? Why can't we look for the next Josh Jung of the Texas Rangers? Why can't we look for the next Hunter Renfro? No, we need these prospects to pan. Call your kids up, Jake Bowers. Thank God we called him up. He Dustin followed it. First play, slid into the wall, blew his knee out. MRI came back clean. He wants to play. Wonderful. Okay. Every person we call up, if they're not an immediate superstar, if they don't take the world by storm, they're a bust. And then they get hung out to dry in Scranton, like Clint Frazier, like Miguel Andujar, like... Uh, just like Jorge Mateo, like James Caprelli, and he just got sent back down. But still, all of these guys, they're, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. And the product on the field is not, it's not working. I can understand you leave people in the minors. You have Andre Shaparo killing it in AAA right now. Our third base is a pit. It is a pit of Josh Donaldson's mediocreness. Of, is that even a word? Mediocrity. Mediocrity. I, see, I can't even form a sentence. That's how angry so I am. I wasn't going to step on your toes there. <laughs> I would not dare right now. Josh Donaldson's mediocrity. We have Oswald Peraza, who, look, we're giving a shot. It's great. It's not working out right now. Okay? You could send him back down. That's what options are for. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, not working out. 
you have a guy raking it in AAA. Call him up. What's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to perform worse and we lose the same amount of games. It's just, you never, my whole thing is there's never, ever, ever, it's the, the, there, we live, we live in a facade of not accepting mediocrity as a Yankees fans, as Yankees fans, but that is the only thing being put out on the field is mediocrity. And it's from top down, it's from the player performance, it's from, it's from the, the it's general from the manager, base. it's from the fan base. It's we we Yankees fans love to say that they're not okay with mediocrity. We're the Yankees. We're the we're the bell cow of all of the of all of the Major League Baseball teams. <laughs> we haven't won Wiener since two thousand nine. Okay, longest streak in Yankee history. We haven't even made it to a World Series since two thousand nine, let alone lost one. But mediocrity is you know Yankees will never be mediocre because they're the New York Yankees. They're absolutely pathetic. And I need to take a blood pressure medication. We'll transition now into the NHL. <laughs> It'll cool off now as we head to the ice. Um, very nicely done. Thank you. Very nice. Um, I share Anthony's sentiment. Uh, I'm a little bit scared because usually I'm the one that yells. And I am i don't know what to do. I'm a little bit frightened here. Um, uh, in any event, though, let's uh, move it over. Uh, to hockey. So, uh, the way this is going to go is we'll get it out of the way first. So, since last week, um, the Islanders pushed their series against the Hurricanes to six games, and <clears throat> and they were eliminated in game six at home in overtime on a pretty fluky goal. Um, on It was on Friday night. Proud of them. Uh, didn't really expect much this season out of them. Very weird season, if you ask any Islanders fan. It's, it's a very strange season with the ups and downs, and still we were somewhat relevant. And, uh, you know, we made a name for ourselves, and we and we won two games, and we were right there in every game. We didn't really get blown out except for uh, game four. Uh, proud of them. They owe me nothing. I still have their jacket on as we record this. Proud of that team. Thank you for being in the playoffs. Now I can watch the rest in peace. Uh, maybe the one that shouldn't have happened uh, that did... Well, there were a couple. Huh? There were a couple that really shouldn't happen. But but one near and dear to us is that the Wild were also dropped on the same night in six games. Uh, and what was a very bad day. It was a very sad day uh, for Islanders and Wild It was Wild a very fans. bad, sad two days because we'll talk about what happened <sighs> right. the next day. But uh, but the, uh, the Wild dropped game six. Um in about as listless a fashion as I've ever seen a team drop uh, an elimination game. Uh, one where Marc-Andre Fleury finished the game in goal for the for the Wild, and uh, they had absolutely nothing in that game. No, no. It was, I, I told you, Chris, I called you, actually, and I said for the first time ever watching hockey, um, getting, you know, getting back into it, this is my first year really back into it, my this is the first time I ever felt like they had more players on the ice than us. It felt the way the Minnesota was it playing. Felt like they had ten guys. It felt like Dallas had ten guys on the ice. Minnesota could not move anything, and that's what happens when you see for playoffs. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it real quick before I get into this. For playoffs, you need a good mix of letting your stars do star things and then having people step up. Okay, Minnesota's stars were not doing star things. Dallas's stars. 
were doing star things. Tyler Sagan was scoring left and right. Rupe Hintz was scoring left and right. Miro Haskinen was scoring left and right. But you also had goals by Mason Marchment. You had goals by uh, Dadanov. Uh, I don't remember his first name. Something Evgeny. Evgeny. I knew it was something Russian. I wanted to say that. The issue with the Wild was Kaprizov was silenced. He had one goal. This playoff series was the longest he's ever gone in a career without back-to-back yep. points. Matt Boldy, completely shut down. Uh, I mean, Gustafson looked great. Gustafson looked awesome. But your two guys that are supposed to be carrying you, Matt Zuccarello, he had one good game. The guys that are carrying you aren't supposed to be your bench players. You need a, you need a good mix. Now, Chris, again, what I said, Dallas, they had a great mix. Um, Edmonton. Their stars carried them, right? Their stars are going to carry them. But, again, with the whole with the whole Dallas-Minnesota series, Minnesota, it, it, I, we, I hate saying this because they're professional athletes. It looked like they gave up, man. It looked like game six, uh, Dallas got on the board first. They got on the board really early. And it just su- it sucked the life out of that entire arena, yep. out of our entire team, out of the bench. It was... It was terrible. I knew from the first goal. I knew from the first. Actually, I knew from game four when they went when they tied when Dallas tied at two to two instead of Minnesota going up three to one. I knew the series was over. Well, I think there's two big factors that were at play. You named one of them, which was Kaprizov not contributing. The other one, and I think the biggest problem with Minnesota uh, was their penalty kill. And Joel Erickson Eck not being in the lineup with what we find out to be a broken leg. Um, you just told me today. I, yeah, it just came out it just today. just came out today. So the, him being missing and being a big part of that PK was a problem. Minnesota had the third worst PK of any of the playoff teams. Their kill was at 62.5%, which means the power play for Dallas was clicking at 70 Five or over seventy-five percent. It was seventy-seven. Or wow, <laughs> let's math. Yeah. It's been a long day. Yep. It was nearly forty. There you go. There you go. Thirty-seven and a half percent. Uh, a power play uh, percentage, which is a very high power play percentage. It's sky high, actually. Um, and in four of the six games, Minnesota gave up at least two power play goals. That's a huge detriment because you know every game you're going to take at least one penalty unless you were the Hurricanes. Um, That's a different story for another day. Um, You know you're going to take penalties. You've got to kill them. You've got to pride yourself on your PK and on your power play, which is what sunk the Islanders. The the wild penalty kill clicking at just over 60%, I think was one of the biggest reasons why they lost. They gave up. At, like I said, at least two goals on the power play or PK uh, in four out of the six games. Now, Chris, I'm looking for a stat here because I saw it. I didn't. I wish I saved it, but I didn't. Uh, Minnesota captain Jared Spurgeon, right? He's he's our guy. He's our head defenseman, playing great. He had a plus minus of negative six. Yeah. Which minus six. Obviously, for you guys that don't know hockey, that means while he was on the ice, six the the opponent scored six more times than Minnesota at, did. at even strength. At even strength, correct. But I believe the stat was, I think Minnesota scored 19, uh, 19 regular strength goals. 
And Jared Spurgeon was on the ice for 16 of those. So, that, I mean, that's that's a problem. A good, a bright spot in, in that is Brock Faber had, as of uh, game six, he had the second most time spent on the ice without allowing a goal. It was up over, I think it was 70 minutes. The only person uh, above him was, oh, I can't think of his name, defenseman on the... Uh, Defenseman on the the Rangers, uh, Con, Con, Condre Miller. Condre Miller. Miller. He was the he's leading the playoffs or was leading the playoffs the last time I checked. So you have, you have I mean you have some good that goes along with the bad, but Minnesota has been bad. It's a bad. It was a bad series. It was a sad series. That's right. Uh, now, I mean some other series have ended. The Bruins, huh? The Bruins were ousted, Anthony Panthony, nope. in seven games by the Panthers, and it was something that I don't think a ton of people were shocked about. Now, Chris, if you recall, if you checked the tape two weeks ago when we did our official NHL playoff projections, I said, I believe that Boston was built for the President's Trophy and not the Stanley Cup. And apparently, I'm correct. You are correct. So I do... If I had a horn, I would be tooting it right now. Yes, you should. Uh, you absolutely should. Uh, they, The Bruins got complacent. They sat back. Uh, they were not the team. They were not the team that won the President's Trophy. Like you said, they're not built for a long playoff run. Uh, they won with Jeremy Swayman in Game 7. It was not his fault. They lost by any stretch of the imagination. They were not the better team. The better team won the series. Uh, they will be playing the Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <sighs> who after 19 years of not winning a series, John Tavares gets them their first series win, just like he did in 2016 for the Islanders after 21 years, or 24, whatever it was. doesn't matter. I'm still mad about it. Uh, so they'll be playing the Maple Leafs, Leafs and Panthers. Hooray. I can't wait to not watch any of those games, to be fair. We breezed through that one. Uh, like we said, Hurricanes beat the Islanders in six. Islanders played... Okay, I think the Islanders would have beaten Boston. We talked about that off air. Uh, but not mad or anything like that. It's May, and now I can enjoy hockey um, without being stressed. Devils and Rangers tied at three. That's the last game of the first round uh, on Monday night. So tomorrow when you're listening to this, uh, on Tuesday, you'll know the outcome. Who do you think is going to win this game seven? It's it in, it's in pure toss-up. It's in New Jersey. I was going to say it's going to be a toss-up. Um Right, Rangers you know, won the first two in New Jersey. Yep. Devils won the first two in New York. Devils won the next game in New Jersey. <laughs> Rangers, Rangers won, won the next, next game, game in New York. York. It's super even, so even, it's, even. It's a huge toss up, but I'm gonna have to. You know, we had a bad day. We had a bad two days because back to back, our teams get eliminated, and then, uh, and then, and then Toronto moves on the next day. Pajama Boy sends so them to the angry. next round. You left our chat. I left actually. the group chat. Um, <laughs> So, so I think we're going to have two good days back-to-back, and that is Boston getting eliminated and the New York Rangers getting eliminated. Give me New Jersey Devils. Score 3-1. to one. Jack Hughes is going to have two goals. I think, it, I, think, oh, I think the Rangers are <laughs> We're split on this. I hate it. We're and split it, on it's, this. And it's like a dagger inside my heart here. <laughs> I think the Rangers are going to win, and I'll tell you why. I think they got to Akira Schmid excuse me, in Game 6. Uh, it was not his fault they lost. The Devils were not good. The Devils were bad in all facets of the game in Game 6. However, this young goaltender is 
he is being put to the test here, and this is a massive spot at home uh, for Game 7, and honestly, I think the Rangers are going to pile it on. I'm saying this in full hopes that the Devils win one nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm no Devils fan, but I'm really not a Rangers fan. Uh, a Devils-Hurricane series, it would be probably the worst thing for me. Uh, just because I really hate the color red, and both of those teams were red, and it disgusts me. Uh, they're the same colors. I like the Devils better than the Hurricanes, though. I'd want the Devils to win. I hope they win, but I think the Rangers are going to win just because. Just just because I'm going to be watching so Just because we can't have anything nice. Uh, and then, so Edmonton beat L.A. in six games. Um, Vegas, un- uh, not unfortunately, Vegas beat uh, the Jets in five. The Jets were the first team out. Thank you, Jets. Uh, the Islanders were the second by timing. The Wild were, were the third. Thank you, Jets, for not letting the Islanders be the first team out. Um, we're talking about the Wild and Stars. And then, last night, Seattle, the Kraken. And I know this is surprising to some, but not others. Beating the Avalanche in seven games, the EA Sports simulation had them losing in the Stanley Cup Finals. And maybe there's they, some... they lost to the Bruins, though. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the Bruins, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but it, just interestingly enough, they, they've made it, and they were the better team. And I tell you what, I do feel a little bit for the Avalanche. I'm, no, I'm not an Avs fan, but injuries really made the difference. The suspension of Kale McCarr in, one, in, uh, 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 in Game 6 was a real uh, difference maker. Um, now, were they out? Were they missing Landeskog, or was that Comfer who wasn't playing? Comfer. Comfer. And then That's the right. other thing is that Val Nachushkin was out on D. Mm-hmm. He had an incident in a hotel room that involved alcohol. I don't know a lot. I don't like to read that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't. I, and he hasn't hadn't been with the team since. Um, and that's a big key piece on D. They're missing Makar for the game and Nachushkin for most of that series. And the injuries and the absences in the lineup were really what sunk the Avs. And I don't think Alex Georgiev is a strong number one goalie. Uh, Just like Darcy Kemper isn't a strong number one goalie, and he won the cup with them last year. They're a really great, amazing, stacked team Mm -hmm. when they're healthy, and they weren't. And that's why Seattle won. Good for Seattle. I will be rooting for them against Dallas. I mean, Seattle, The I'm looking at the stats now. Philip uh, Grubauer, 9-2-6 save percentage. Fantastic. It's unbelievable. But with that is, they didn't have many players. Like, they had a lot of players score. It wasn't one person. Right, that's the team. They, that's the kind of team. They, they're the, uh, Really, they're built like, um, they're built like the Islanders. Um they're built like the Devils. Uh, they're built like some of these other teams that that are also good. I won't say the Panthers because they're built around Kachuk. But they're really built similarly to the Islanders because they spread it out. And uh, they win a lot of tight games, but they get it done when they need to get it done. And big ups to Seattle, honestly, in their first time making their playoffs in their second season. And they're going on. Uh, you've got the two newest teams in the league. The uh, Golden Knights and the Kraken, who could very well meet in the conference final if all goes to plan. And there is one another thing um, we said yesterday that I do like about the NHL this year, and that is because the Colorado Avalanche got bounced, and because the Toronto, or uh, excuse me, the no, Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. 
because the Tampa Bay Lightning also got bounced, there will be two new representatives for the Stanley Cup, which is always cool. It's good for the game. Um, but again, it's, it's exactly it's another two. So, uh, Chris, looking at the looking at the standings right now, give me your Stanley Cup prediction final. I still think the Oilers Edmonton are going to win the cup. I'm taking Edmonton. And I said over the Islanders because I was just being me. Um, I'm not going to take the Rangers or Devils because that series is not over as of our recording. Um, I'm, oh, God. Oilers, Hurricanes. Oilers, Hurricanes. I hate it. It's a rematch. <laughs> it's a rematch of the 05-06 final. Uh, where the Hurricanes won in seven games, uh, where I was rooting for them. Cam Ward was their goalie. What a great goalie. That was his rookie season. Uh, he wasn't even the starter that season. Martin Gerber was, if you're a big hockey fan listening, which you really aren't, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, that was my first season getting into hockey. I mean, just because the Hurricanes beat the Islanders, I would not like them in the finals. Uh, but a Hurricanes-Oilers rematch would be really cool, actually. That would throw it back uh, to my first uh, season of watching hockey uh, so that's my prediction hurricanes oilers um yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go oilers i'll, I'll mix it up i'll mix it up let's go let's Islanders. go let's go all canada let's go i'm gonna go uh oilers over leafs oilers over leafs and six and the look you just gave me Woo-hoo-hoo! that's no good <laughs> that's that's actually really bad the Leafs in the finals, I would not like that. Because that means that John Tavares would have to be a contributor. Um, no, I don't hate him. I just I just hate that he... Yeah, I still kind of do. Um, I, I really don't. Like, if I ever met the guy, like, whatever. You tell him to <coughs> shove his pajamas up his ass. You know... <laughs> I was really bitter about it for a few years, and then I had a kid, and now I really don't care that much. <laughs> um, yeah, I just would not like that because I really, really – I tell you what, more than Tavares, I can't stand Austin Matthews. I don't like the mustache. I don't like how he thinks he's you-know-what. He's hot you-know-what. Uh, uh, I don't like him. I don't like him. He looks very oily and sweaty. <laughs> And, and I don't like that. I gotta tell you, to be honest. Oh man, it's not. It's not doing it for me. Uh, it doesn't get the it, job done. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't bring home the bacon. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, yeah. Oh, oh boy. So there's one more thing I want to talk about before we squash the NFL talk, and this is new because I haven't even brought this up to you. I thought about it last night, and I was gonna text you, but I said, you know what? I think we should save it because I want to hear his live reaction on the pod. Why? Does ESPN hate hockey? What do you mean? ESPN televised game one and game two of, I think, three of the series, and they have not done anything. It's only been TBS or TNT. That's not true. No? No. No. The last last few games were all on TNT or TBS. Okay. TNT or TBS carries the NHL. They have the NHL playoff contract. They're the exclusive home of the playoffs. Okay, so I'm stupid and strike that from the record. ESPN simulcasts a lot of the games and they do their own broadcast for some. But to answer your question, um, TBS, it's like NBC Sports. Now if you... <laughs> I love you. If you look at the broadcaster for tonight's game, 
you would see that the national broadcast is ESPN. Is it ESPN? <laughs> They've only taken game one and game two. Um, uh, and, and I won't be watching it on ESPN. It'll be blacked out because I have... Uh, well, I could actually watch it because I don't have like a cable subscription, okay. but it's on MSG, which I'll watch it on the app. Because okay. uh, my TV will not be playing that game. My TV <laughs> will we'll be, be playing, playing Froze. Uh, <laughs> Finding in, Nemo. Insert... Uh, Disney yeah. show. We're talking ESPN. Might as well. Yeah. So I Disney movie here. So, um, no, the only reason I brought that up is because... But uh, ESPN does hate hockey. You didn't say the, re- the right reason. They do hate hockey. But um, my whole thing with that is the the broadcast... Listen, TBS, TNT, you're never going to hear this shit. Uh, their apps are absolutely horrendous. Oh, you want to... Don't get me started on the TBS app. I go on the TBS app or the TNT app. The ESPN app is okay because I can do picture-in-picture while I'm cooking. I have the recipe up. I have the game in the background. You're blinding me. Um, The TNT and the TBS app are terrible. Why? Because when I have to go out to text you back, when I have to go out to check if Sabrina's screaming in 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 her room, if I have to do something on the phone, my mother texted me and needs an urgent response, um, at 10 p.m., uh, whatever it might be, it goes away. And every time I have to go back into the app, I have to watch another 30-second ad. I'm tired of the ads. Stay off the ads. I'm tired of the ads. TBS and TNT do the same ads. It's always make your own title music. <laughs> There's a chick with a mustache, right? Sing special song. And then that one with the mustache. <laughs> With the Amazon commercial, uh, I'm ta- I'm, re- I'm not just playing this up for the pod. I'm really tired of it because every time without fail I go in there, you have to shut it down and you have to watch the app and the pucks in the net by the time you come back. I also, I liked hearing, uh, I can't remember his name, the dude we like, the broadcaster we The liked. dude from Cheers? The dude from Cheers. No, the broadcaster. He called Minnesota game one game oh, two. Oh, Bob Wachusen. Yes, Bob Wachusen. Shout out Bob Wachusen. Let's hope, let's, let's get him on the pod. Just oh, man, goal. is he good. I love him. I love his voice. No, that's great. But uh, like I said, the only reason I didn't realize it was on ESPN, every game I've watched was either TBS or TNT. And my issue is my upstairs TV will not – I have a fire TV in my bedroom. All the West Coast games, for some reason, have been on flipping TBS. TNT doesn't TNT. have an app. They, have, they both have apps on mine. I don't have the app. But I cannot download one of them. So if the game is on TBS, I have to watch it on my couch at 10.30 and then go upstairs by 1 o'clock. I don't have... I can't get a TNT app. I can't get a TNT app. And so all I get is TBS. When do I watch it on TV anyway? On a Sunday afternoon when everybody's at work. <laughs> when the baby's taking a nap. That's the only time. But in any event, the phone app is just as bad. Um, and then sometimes when I use it on my computer... When I use it on the computer, sometimes it says this is not available in your region. Well, it's not available in my region because you're not letting me watch it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, we actually, last week in all of the... Grammy's Grinder of the Week! Thank you. We forgot it last week. That's what I was getting <sighs> to. Chris, go ahead. Yeah. Grammy's Grinder of the Week this week. Now, when I name this person, you might think I'm crazy. And I've just been talking pretty badly about him. But I have to give credit where credit is due. And Grammy would be very happy about this. And, and, and he did something for a team that hasn't been done in a long time. 
And this time, I have to, I'm, as, a, as a sports media professional as I am right now, uh, as you are, right? We're members of the media. <laughs> um, I need to re- re- uh, remain unbiased. John Tavares, this is your tape. John Tavares, you are Grammy's grinder of the week for me. As Grammy would say, it's Traveris. <laughs> and it's T- John Tavares sending the Leafs to their first second round since 2004 against Ottawa in Game 7. Um, shout out to John Tavares. I hate it, but you're Grammy grind- Grammy's grinder of the week. I like that. That, that took a lot. <laughs> now move on. Move on. You do yours. <laughs> so mine is also going to be some NHL... Uh, It is the former Tampa Bay Lightning, now current Florida Panther, Carter Verhage? Verhage? Verhage. Verhage. Carter Verhage. Had to give it to him. He absolutely killed this playoff series in seven games. Two goals, six assists. He was a plus four on the ice. But, Chris, he sunk the overtime goal to send the Boston Bruins home. And we don't like Boston. So... No, I was thrilled about that, to be honest. It was, was awesome. It was a breath of relief. I was telling my mouse the other night after the, after we watched that game, it's it's a good thing I was never a professional athlete and had to pay, play in these big games because if I was anybody on the Florida Panthers and I had just beat the best hockey team in NHL history statistically, uh, if I had just knocked them out of the playoffs as a 40-point underdog um, – I would just look at every fan in TD Garden and I would be waving at them, telling them goodbye, blowing kisses. I would be a nightmare on the ice, okay? Um, But Carter Verhage uh, for the game winner. uh, He had a great series against Boston. I also didn't want to give it to Kachuk because he's he's starting to get on my shit list. Um, I'm sorry, my poop list. Um, We went the whole time! No, you didn't. I didn't swear. You did in the first ten not. minutes. I did not. Play I the tape. Not. As I he said, not. he said GD. Oh, we can count that. We can count that. We can count that. Oh, man. Carter Verhage. Fiddlesticks. Carter Verhage. Grammy's Grinder of the Week. Very nice. <sighs> Big exhale. I'm Anthony. <laughs> That's been Chris. <laughs> I've been Chris. Our blood pressure's through the roof. Yeah, we gotta take it easy. Huh. Like, comment, subscribe, send us money, I don't know. Do whatever you want. Do, yeah. just, Do whatever you want. If you've, made, if you've listened this long, thank you. <laughs> Somebody get Brian Cashman on the horn. <laughs> I got something to tell him. <laughs> oh, we got a turquoise ring in the cell. <laughs> oh, anyway, I've been, I'm Ant, that's Chris. And very much like the Yankees, leaving the bases loaded, stay full.